everyone, and welcome to episode 76 of the What The Sheep podcast, where Alana and myself will be discussing and breaking down and just generally, you know, freaking out over a Critical Role campaign 3, episodes 19 and 20. We got some, we got some, not only, as Adam has already posted in the comments, episode 19 being for all of us, uh, you know, ruidous, ruidous believers out here. But episode 20, we finally got the heist that most of us, if not all of us, have been waiting for for a very long time. We've got some, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about. We can actually talk about ruidous this episode, not we can, feel. Yes. Like we're we can, beating the dead horse. Yes. We can actually talk about ruidous and not worry about people leaving the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because they're so they're so they're so tired of it and yes as eric says hikari was right all along there is only one moon oh my there god was only one moon. hikari knew i i saw behind the scenes oh, wow. um yeah but yes so let's just jump right into episode 19 with all of the crazy rudest stuff that we Good got word. um so i guess we can start with the big one and that's people being ruidous born they were born under the, one of the strange, like, flare-ups that mm -hmm. Rudus has, or, like, when weird celestial things align, boom, Rudus born. Um, nice. Which is super intriguing, because we got a few people, a few names that were dropped mm -hmm. that are Rudus born. We got yep. Rassig, who is uh, an old king pre-Taldori. We got yep. Elixian, who you, who you said is, like, one of the main... They're, they're an important figure in the Call of the Nether Deep, the yeah. new um, adventure module that just came out. Like, big, big important figure. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got the Raven Queen being a Ruidus <laughs> before they had ascended to become the Raven just Queen. Pretty casual. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's nothing, nothing crazy there. Um, and then we had potentially the twins themselves being Ruidus-born, which is why they mm. were yeah. about this. Um, but then what I thought was interesting is Fern tried to find out if Elith is yeah. born. To see if there's some really connection between the targets of of the city. It's, we, we have so little information about these assassins so far. That's like the one thing that we, we... We've got information about the attacks, but we know nothing about them. We know nothing about their their kind of goals, what they're trying to do. All we know is they took the research from the Loomis twins. So clearly it's something related to their research, but I liked Fern's thinking there of trying to discern, like, you know, well, maybe if we can figure out if Keyleth was Ruidus born, yeah. there's there's a common thread. But so far it's just like, no, there's no real major common thread. It's just, yeah. they're just but, there just doing these things. But... Adam does bring up a good point. It, I think it's clear that Imogen could probably be Ruidus born, but the idea mm. that Keyleth is because she was a circle of the moon druid. Um, <laughs> that could uh, could be it. Yeah, that could be Matt. Could be, Matt could be yeah. pulling this. It all kind this. of it made me it made me think when he was talking about it how like you know it's not it's theorized to maybe not necessarily be a negative thing it just means yeah. that the people are destined for something great it made me think a lot of like the fate touched which mm -hmm. is like what vax was um but then it makes you think like oh is that is it similar could vax maybe have been ruled as born but then yeah. it, would you think well vex would be ruled as born as well mm -hmm. um on account of being twins <laughs> um yeah. but it was very similar to that i think in terms of you know predestined uh there is something to yet be done with these people. Um, but just those, yeah, the, the list they gave, like Dressig was a mad tyrant. Like the Raven Queen, she, she's pretty intense. Like the, all the ones that they know of are pretty big names. Um, so it's, it's concerning. It's concerning to say the least if like Imogen is amongst yep. those, those names. Yep. 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 It's uh. But, but, but it's terrifying in a way. <laughs> yeah. But it's. I'm just so happy because we've been waiting so long for more information oh, on, like. So long. On, on Rudus and what this is all about, which is why, you know, you and I were yeah. like particularly excited for them to finally get to the Hartmore Hamlet and have this conversation mm -hmm. with Donnie. 
Um, but Matt is so good at just like stringing us along, keeping us yeah. interested because there was only so much that Astani like really knew. Yeah. Um, because his research wasn't really about Rudis. His research was yeah. more just in the general realm of like celestial bodies and stuff. planes and that sort of um, thing. Yeah. Those are uh, the name drop too, though, of um, Plane Rider Rin. Did yes. you get that? Yeah. Yes, that was really cool. Ooh. Talking about the um, convergence and the um, alignment of celestial planes. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, I was. I, was... I, want, more, I want more of them. <laughs> I know, because, you know, we, we had talked about this in Campaign 2. Um, yeah. That we thought Plane Rider Rin might play a bigger role in Campaign 3, or mm. things that Plane Rider Rin was researching would play a bigger role in camp yeah. three um it's beginning to seem like maybe that could end up being the case um yeah so that's really cool um but then what was the real kicker then for this episode was yeah. them being able to look at rudis for this really cool arcane telescope really observe yes. what's going on that's on the surface. sweet that was really cool and I didn't, I never really thought about it before. But, you know, when I think of, like, you know, looking at the stars with, like, a telescope and stuff, I just think mm. of, like, the modern, modern era, you know, telescopes and stuff. I didn't even, mm. like, think of, like, the possibility of, like, arcane yeah. telescopes. It's really cool. Like, really enhance, enhance the vision of it, which is... Um, I, I love that. I love them actually getting a chance to look at Rudus because it also, like, it gave some confirmation of Rudus being real i guess like yeah. or it yeah, being so an like actual projection in the sky yeah but it being a planet as well like because we've theorized so many times of what <laughs> rudis is but the fact that it is actually a landscape up there um seemingly like there's storms so you know i don't know seemingly maybe some kind of atmosphere i don't know i don't know but, stars but and shit it, but i know jupiter has a storm but is, is it, it a planet, planet? but but it could because Astani was like, Astani had mentioned that Rudus kind of has a mind of its own. It doesn't like follow. There's definitely rules. some fuckery going on there for sure. Yeah. Like, but the fact that it's like he described it as you know mountains and you could see valleys yeah, and true. it was like the storm. The storm itself could be magical or like aberrant in nature. It might not indicate like an atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, but they mentioned the possibility of going there. And he mentioned, like, oh, yeah, you know, with high planar travel or teleportation magic. That didn't even click with me as a possibility that they could travel to Ruidus. And now it's all I want. Now it's all I want is yeah. for them to get teleportation to Ruidus and just but walk on the I, surface. I, I feel like that is a thread oh, Matt would allow them to do. Because I could see, Let's like, go. maybe there's, like, a, a set, maybe at the Omen Archive, which is a, a research place mm -hmm. that we had, that was dropped, yeah. which is where Estani was going to send the twins to learn more about, like, mm -hmm. Rudis and Rudis-born people. Um, so it seems like after everything is said and done in Fartmore Hamlet, they're going to head over to uh, the Omen Archive to learn more. Yeah. It would be interesting if there are, like, researchers, <clears throat> excuse me, researchers and scientists that study Rudis and mm -hmm. are working on some kind of a mass teleportation device yes. to transport people there. That oh. would be cool. Yeah, well, look at like what the um, look what the dynasty was doing with Aeol. They they sent people like yeah. other side of the world to explore this. It doesn't seem like outside of the realm of possibilities that there are people wanting to travel to these other things. I mean, people travel to the astral sea, people travel to other planes. Yeah, yeah, if you can travel to other planes, <laughs> surely you can travel to yeah. a place within your plane. Just... Yeah. Surely. Oh my god. Ooh, I'm seeing, the chat's going off. Chat's like doing some really good, like making some really good comments at the moment. I saw, um, uh, what was it? Who said it? Oh, Chris? Chris said instead of Kiki, maybe one of the people killed in the attack was the Ruidus born oh, target. So, like, it could have even been, um, like, Aurum's husband or something, like, Will. Oh, yeah, Big Moon, Little Moon. Could have been Aurum. But Will, Aurum Will, was the target. Will was Rudis. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, but, yeah, uh, no, like, it's it's interesting to think that, like, there could just be these people. Imagine you're just a dude. 
you're just a dude. You just happen to be born under ruinous, not knowing, living your life, and suddenly assassins turn up and kill you. That would mm-hmm. not be great. Yeah, It'd be less than ideal. And so now let's talk. Let's talk about that really quick, though. The assassins. So they stole the research off of twins yes. uh, when they were killed. Mm-hmm. Do we? Do we think that the assassins are tied to Ruidus or maybe from Ruidus? Because then Imogen also did have a dream that following night where she went into the storm and saw like black silhouetted figures that I'm assuming are the assassins or at least akin to the assassins that we're seeing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like, that's a cool theory. I like the theory that perhaps that's where the, those were the figures she saw, but I kind of also like this idea that maybe the assassins are like a cult or like a group that are targeting Ruidus born folks because they are, you know, whether or not they're just super um, zealous and want to get rid of them all or because they think there's inherent danger with them. Um, yeah, because then going off, branching off of that, yeah, this could be Matt's way of making these assassins a bit more like morally gray. Where, like, their mm. idea is that they want to kill these Ruidus-born people to stop potentially terrible mm. things from happening. Like, looking yeah. at past Ruidus-born people, like, maybe the <sighs> destruction they have caused. And, like, okay, we just need to, like, just kill them all. Which, obviously, is minority report. Um, but, like, it's minority report. Like, but, like, they might yeah. be trying to do good. Um, yeah. The killing, killing before the bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Pre-crime. Yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah all, terrible. That's a totally perfect subject. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I kind of like that idea that maybe they're not associated with Rudis, but they're actively trying to... Oh, but I also like the theory that they are active with Rudis. Like, oh, God. Yeah, because... <laughs> like, there's so many possibilities because we don't know their motives. Yes. And then my other, my other theory is because... These assassins have been described as like working like as one like very coordinated and stuff mm. i guess there's two there's two potentials maybe these assassins are an extension of rudis itself not really big on that yes. one or um they are working under a rudis born and he wants to be like mm. or they want to be the only rudis born and so they're it's targeting like other ones um it yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, there can only be one ruinous born. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool too. I like that as well. Oh no. But then you've got. I, I do like the first thing you said that you were kind of disregarding though. Like these are extensions of ruinous themselves. Yeah, um, that, could, that could be it. Yeah. We know. We know that the general um, understanding of ruinous is that there is ill content. There is like, yeah. there is uh, malice and um, just a general nastiness that comes from it i guess uh i I don't want to bring up his name again but like it does align with thara's doing so much yeah um in the in that kind of general insanity and and evil like just evil um this yeah uh but we i i think we know too well that like thara's doing is He's apparently locked away under Gat Shadow. Yeah. Um, apparently. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it's just... Supposedly. Uh, but it does... I mean, we know for a fact that Theros Dune has a hand in infiltrating other cults and other organisations and making them work for work for them. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to see a bit of a callback to Theros Dune. Like, yeah. And I'm trying so hard not to go too hard yeah. on it, but like, I love that concept so much. The idea that... Ruidus is somehow like a beacon or like some kind of instrument of Ruidus's design, mm-hmm. just constantly spewing out malcontent. Yeah, I, that's, that's, I like that theory. I like that theory a lot. Yeah, no, it could, it could be cool. But thinking about going back to then, like maybe somehow <laughs> going on to Ruidus, mm-hmm. I think would be really cool because in campaign two. 
I think mm -hmm. a really cool thing about traveling to Isocross and Aeor is because it was so mysterious, so esoteric. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, yeah. no one survives going to, to Isocross. Like, what untold things will we discover there? So it was, like, really exciting, not only as a player, but also as a viewer, to get to travel to that place, yeah. uncover the secrets of Aeor and all that stuff. Yeah. The best way to top that is to go to fucking <laughs> To the moon! <laughs> to the moon! A place... Literally, no one has been before. That would be Could cool. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they travel there and, like, Imogen's farms there? Like, oh, when yeah, she dreams, she's, like, astral projecting yeah. to that place. Like, she's actually yeah. there. Or it's, like, Ooh. it's just, like, a weird mirror plan. Like, well, I guess that would kind of be, like, the shadow fell. Because I was, like, ooh, like, what if it's, like, a stranger's things, like, the upside down. Ooh, yeah. Down. Um, that's more or less kind of what the shadow fell is. Kind of, really, yeah. But... I don't know. I've um, got to wait for season four to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, no, that's that'd be so cool. I think it just like, I mean, I love it when ever in Critical Role they try, like as you say, they travel to someplace new or someplace different. So whether it be like the Underdark or the Feywild or a, the Astral Sea, or they just, you know. I love the end of campaign one where they're going to all the celestial planes. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that kind of planal travel and, you know, actually visiting essentially different realities. Yeah. Uh, because they are, they are different spheres of existence within the canon. Um, so yeah, that'd be really cool. I'd love to see that. And especially too, because Ruidus for all intents and purposes, we know is in the material plane. Like yeah. that is, we we don't have reason to believe that it's a different plane. It is a celestial body mm -hmm, um, within the material plane. So there's a lot to be a lot to be said for it. Yeah. And now I'm I I like I have two things. I guess one mm -hmm. and all. The my tab on the other one. Um, mm -hmm. Are like the other planes and realms like common knowledge? Because Estani mm -hmm. says like they were researching. Like the celestial bodies, and we're noticing like different patterns and potential portals or gateways to like other worlds and stuff. Speaking as if like that wasn't like known that there is like the fire plane, there is like you know the elemental plane of water and stuff. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, because you would think that you think that people would recognize the fact that like you know gods exist it, it, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be hard to argue that gods don't exist in a dnd world yeah. so you think that people do recognize that gods exist and that they do have their own planes yeah. they have their fears of influence and they also know about you know the lower planes and where like demons and devils come from um mm -hmm. so i feel like they would be known about like they talk about hell and they talk yeah. about the abyss um but the idea that, you know, portals are appearing to planes, that could be, like, you know, other material planes. That could be other, like, split realities, like Spelljammer shit. Um, yeah. it, that, that might be what he's talking about. But if he's... I feel like at that stage, if he's at that interstellar bodies, he would have some understanding of, yeah, you know, the Feywild exists. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, um, not the Underdark. That's... <laughs> real the um you know shadowfell yeah. exists yeah they have some understanding that there are other places to visit mm -hmm. um and seemingly from this episode we learned someone's very well aware at the, about the plane of water because there's a small little portal in a fountain yep yep yeah we can't <laughs> forget that? about that I've, who the heck knows um oh my god and then one other thing that i wanted to yeah. bring up was what jason said in chat also shout out to matthew perkins going on uh hey. good to have you here um <laughs> uh brutus might have some pre-calamity tech on it or maybe or be another floating city outpost Ooh. what if like the twist is oh, that brutus isn't actually a planet but it's like a like a city it's a city and then like it has like a like a atmospheric like force field around it um, mm -hmm. That makes it look like a planet, but when they actually go there, it's like uh, like Cloud City from like Star Wars, where you know it's just floating cities, and like these flare-ups are just like energy things. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, trying to think of like what if this is actually a planet and it is just like a floating city or something. That's a uh, that's a wild theory, and I like it a lot. 
<laughs> that's um that would be a lot uh yeah. <laughs> i do like the idea that there is inhabitants on rudus maybe mm. that'd be kind of a cool a cool turn um yeah but i'm I'm, I'm with FCG, but I'm ready for like the cardboard facade to like fall down, like the flat, the flat face of Ruidus to fall down, and yep. you know it's mm-hmm. revealed to be whatever it actually is. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like the, if if it's been observed and they've got telescopes, they've observed it being, I guess, spherical and you know mm-hmm. planetoid in shape. So potentially it being actually flat and being a visa- visage, that's not a word at all. Mm. Visage? Visage, yeah. Visage, yeah, visage. like a, a fake image in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like at the very least someone would have figured it out, but it does disappear and it comes back yeah. and like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, fucking moon. Um, Fuck you, moon. <laughs> but speaking of the, um, like FCG being like a, you know, a, a flat earther and not thinking like the moon is real and stuff. Did you see on Twitter that um, the Flat Earth yes! Society actually yes! like shouted out Critical Role and Sam and like thanked them yeah. for like talking about it, like being totally but serious? It was, but it was also wrong too. They were saying yeah. how like like oh thank you for um, thank you for acknowledging that the world in your D and D campaign is flat. It's like that's not what happened at all. Yeah. Like oh these. It's people, like that so- that society will literally reach for anything reach for anything and it totally like went over their heads that they were making fun of it like they were yeah. laughing about it they weren't even, like, they, seriously think, talking about it i think their, their mo is like any news is good news <laughs> like, yeah. there's no bad publicity for the flat earth society um because now we're talking about it <laughs> like, yeah it's, it's but, but we're, we're talking about it because yeah. like they're it's so dumb it's like, ridiculous it's, it's it's so it's ridiculous that they um, did that. Um, that being said, there is only one moon. We are we are one mooners here. Oh yes, like of course. We, we must we must stress that this is a one moon podcast. Yep, um, yep, yep. Rude, this is an egg. In case you haven't caught on yet. Yes. Um, um, but but no, did... I'm so happy that we got so much rude as yes, well. Like it was just too. it was just wonderful. But then it's it's that. Um, we say it a lot. It's like what Matt does. It's like your law is in another castle sort of thing. It's like, yep. here's here's the information. If you want more, you've got to travel somewhere uh-huh. else. Yep. Like, fuck you, Matt. Yep, just Mercer. give it all right now. End the yeah. whole campaign now. So I can just have it all. Yeah. That's what I want. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, so it looks like eventually they will be heading out to Eos <laughs> or the Omen Archive. But they yeah. have to pass through the Hellcatch Valley in order to get there. So we'll yeah. have quite a journey uh, to look, take on. I'm just looking at my notes and it's it's indicative of how I was feeling this episode. It's like, you know, Dressig, Elixir, Raven Queen, Fated to be Important, and then in massive letters, it's just space travel. Yeah. Like, yes. Literally. I want it. It I has want it to so be bad. possible. With all of the rudest stuff that Matt is focusing on, <gasps> traveling there literally, literally has to be on the table. It actually has to be. There's no way it's not. They can go to space and find Ford's parents. Exactly. They can go to the moon exactly. and find Ford's parents. Yep. We need My purely goodness. to make another moon video after <laughs> this campaign's over. I bet. Yeah. I bet she's already on it. Honestly. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Uh, but besides all of the rudest stuff, we did get some minor Chetney stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We got another drop of Oltgar, a master toy maker. Um, mm-hmm. That was Getting like uh, teaching another toy maker in the city some stuff, um, and Travis made the a face. Bit, the timing's a bit weird for that. Yeah, yeah. Travis made the face. Like that was that was a straight up. Oh no, my my backstory's here. Yeah. Kind of face. Um, but I'm, I can't figure out the timing of this character because we know that Altgar was Chetney's previous employer. And we know that Chetney had a disagreement with their previous employer, and in yep. his words, fucked them up. Um, yep. So Chetney then left, and then do we think Altgar then came to the Hartmore Hamlet? Or maybe they're like a roving artisan or something like that? Or was this previous to them I'm, working in Uthidon? I'm thinking it's previous. I'm thinking it's yeah. like a while ago. Because she, she did seem to like suggest that she's been there a while herself. Yeah. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that's uh, 
that's fun. <laughs> yeah, and as we were saying before the stream, this isn't the first time we've heard Ultgar's name as mm. Travis, as Chetney did confirm that Ultgar was his previous employer. Yeah, um, like episode eight or yeah. something. Um, I like Matt saying, does that mean Ultgar made all the marionettes we saw in episode 20? I think that's like that's a kind of cool, a cool uh, assumption to make because... I think, I mean, they straight up had marionettes in the toy shop, yep. as we know, Genie <laughs> being one of them. Yeah. I think I think that's probably, yeah, a pretty, a pretty fun assumption, which is then, you know, terrifying to think of, like, what does, what does Chetney know? What could Chetney make? Mm-hmm. That's like, if you get into, like, enchanted artificer kind of craftsman style bullshit yeah. making fucked up puppets. I hate marionettes. I hate marionettes and I hate ventriloquist yeah. dummies. Uh... I, hate, I hate puppets in general. <laughs> Actually, now that I mention it, Muppets are okay. General puppets. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but no. Um, I think I think for episode 19, I'm trying to look at my... For a second, I had to turn off some audio stuff. Anyway, oh, no. We're good. <laughs> I just had to change some stuff. Oh, good. Um, I'm looking at my notes to see if there's anything we've missed... I think I love, let's talk about Imogen though. Let's talk a little bit about Imogen um, because her, her facing down the storm was like probably one of the coolest yes. things. Yes. Coolest things. I love that she is, well, I love that she's like going for it. She's obviously still scared. Like and Laura's playing Imogen still is, you know, very scared. She doesn't understand, but she just wants to know. She just wants the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, stepping into the storm and it not feeling good, like, it, there was almost no reward, I guess, for it. Um, or, like, no, no obvious reward for, for that decision. It, it seems to have, like, in some cases, it made her, like, marks stronger or marks grow. We don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but it was fucking ballsy. I mean, it's Laura Bailey, so she's going to take oh, those... Yeah risks and do those like, big yeah. yeah um so I, I liked i liked that that there was you know she took the risk she went into it and you know i say i say there's no rewards but there was also like she didn't she didn't die like she came back she yeah. woke up so now that i think she knows that that's safe i guess in that sense mm-hmm. she might keep doing it um i hope so I feel like yeah. there's so much that can happen in this dream Oof. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm keen for that. I think if, it obviously feels like the strongest kind of backstory thread so far because mm. it's the one that actively pursuing. Um, so I, would, I wouldn't mind if it, you know, eventually some point takes a backseat and we learn a bit more about the other characters. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. But it is definitely the in the forefront at the moment because it's what they're, they're actively doing. Um, cause it, and it also does seem to be like guiding their direction because a lot of it is like, well, where are we going? Okay, well, we need to find information. Let's go do this. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, yeah, I'm ex- I feel like a lot of the other characters, their backstory is going to just turn up along the way. Like, you know, yeah. we might come across the nobodies at some point or we, we get some information from FCG at some point. Yeah. Lorders, who knows what the fuck's going on there? Like, that's just going to that's just yeah. gonna happen that's, at some point, right? That's, that's just going to like... Time bomb. That's yeah, just... 100%. Um, and Orem's is tied up with Imogen's anyway, trying to yeah. find out about these assassins mm. and the rule of shit. Yeah, so... I just, yeah, I like how it's kind of... We're getting answers, we're exploring the backstories. I feel like a lot in Campaign 2, which, you know, they definitely had backstory aspects. I mean, you think episode... Was it episode 1 or episode 2? Like, Bo straight away had people from her backstory turn up. Yeah, so, super early on. Um... I'm excited that we're getting a lot of information this early on, but also still keeping it nice and open-ended. You know, you don't have all the yeah. information yet. You need to keep going. Especially since it'll probably be a while before they're actually able to get to the Omen archive. Since again, as we said before, mm. they have to pass through the Hellcatch Valley where we might get some Ashton backstory because we know yeah. Ashton is from that, from that that region. region. It, it is an expansive region. Um, yeah. But maybe we might get some Ashton stuff. As you said before, maybe the nobodies are, you know, around the valley or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely excited and I'm happy that this is the information that we're that we're getting and you know 
just enough to keep us asking questions. Um, exactly. Because before we didn't know Rudisborns were even a thing, or we oh could potentially gosh. theorize, but now, now we can start figuring out what <gasps> their connection and is that, and who they might. There was be. that little bit that Astani said about you know, uh, you could try to uh, essentially map the rudest flare-ups and he mm -hmm. mentioned I, I think I might have I might have misheard this but I heard him say talking about how some people would like either try to delay delay going into labor or like speed up going into labor oh, to yeah. have their babies mm -hmm. born under the sign that's it's just kind of screaming in my head about Imogen's mum. Like, yeah. it feels like some kind of bullshit she would do. Like, you know, yeah. time her time her entire pregnancy so that mm -hmm. her daughter's born under the sign of Rordus. Um, oh, maybe, well, maybe that's... Trust her. I mean, she's too dodgy. Everything we know about her so far is like... Yeah. Still proven otherwise, mistrust. So then what do we think... What do we think the torn pages are? Do we think the torn pages maybe were... The beginnings of like mapping flare-ups maybe could be yeah know. it could be like yeah like or it might have been it might have been yeah like someone keeping track of recent births mm -hmm. maybe even if it's in the region of rural is born um and it might have included like her mother or included herself um i don't know cool i like it but I think we're just going to have to wait till they get to the Omen Archive before we actually uh, get any more juicy stuff. Unless they get ambushed by the assassins on their way to, on their way, which, which, uh, which could happen. Um, in the meantime, smart. They're like, oh, yeah. you know, setting up watches while they sleep and that sort of yeah, thing. Makes sure. sense. It's very good. Um, in the meantime, we have a bunch of other fun little backstory stuff that could happen involving, you know, Laudna, FCG, Ashton, even some of the others. Um, fun. Fun but stuff with Laudna. But moving on, <laughs> yeah. we finally have the heist. Where uh, they are presented the task and the uh, the museum by Ivan Hytroga, who again is just still such a hilarious I'm character. Um, absolutely love it. But that is exactly where episode twenty begins. Bell's Hells Ooh. versus the Verdict is the That's name cool of name. Uh, the other group, which is pretty cool. cool that is pretty cool. I love Hytroga. I love yeah. um, ah ineffectual showmans i guess yep. like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like people that think they're hot shit but aren't really yep. mm -hmm. um but also don't care what other people think so like this idea exactly. of this eccentric kind of uh not a thespian really but like just showing off like welcome to my museum and the uh -huh. sparks flying out uh -huh. but they're not really that impressive yep. um i love it so much and we've spoken before about how they're the best characters where matt plays them mm -hmm. um because he goes so ham in the the voice and just the mm. mannerisms and the acting, um, I love them. They're, they're fucking sassy as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so great. And yeah. when they finally, so with this with this segment talking about the heist and stuff, we'll kind of just be popcorning around. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, just talking about some of our favorite moments oh. when they were actually like going down to the lower levels and seeing the actual museum parts and like the different things that were on display, the, the plaques and the dot dot dots and stuff. Yeah. And just like the, the nature of who Yvonne is, I was getting major Mystery Shack vibes from Gravity Falls um, mm. as Grunkle Stan yeah. is like Yvonne Hytroga and stuff. I don't know if anyone else felt the same, but very much yeah. Mystery Shack tourist trap vibes from, from this place mm. where I'm sure most of this stuff, if not everything, is probably <sighs> real. But maybe it's fake and just for showmanship and, you know. Some of the, some of the stuff is, like, pretty big. Like, there's some yeah, like, big items in this place. A How beacon? Is a, yeah, broken. That's, like. A broken <laughs> beacon? Hello? Yeah. I told you I only wrote one note for this episode because, yeah. like, I was just so distracted. Yep. I wrote, smashed up beacon. Like, how, like yeah. what? Like, what? That's yeah. a big deal. Like, but mm -hmm. how does this random dude in the middle of the Hartmore Hamlet have all these things? Like, where does their money come from? I want to see his mm -hmm. taxes. Yeah, like, let's I want see to the know, tax like, yeah. yeah, who is this fucking dude? Is this the fucking traveler? Like, what's yeah. going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, who the hell is this guy? And you have the diary as well. The diary of... The fucking diary? Vespin Cholus? Yeah, Vespin Chloris. Chloris? Um, the Archmage that, that freed the Betrayer Gods. Yeah, that's pretty big. 
Well, is that just the little, you know, a little calamity here and there? Yeah, like, it's just the. That's just Tom Riddle's diary. That's basically all it is. That's yeah. That's where would he even get that from? Like, how does that I even still know. exist? Because that's <laughs> then where like my idea of like this is kind of like the mystery shack where the stuff here isn't actually real. It's just based on historical stuff, it but... It does make you think, like, yeah, like, is this... Either it is real, and this guy is a lot more dangerous and important than they realize, because the stuff they've got is like, holy shit, like, mm -hmm. this is wild stuff. Or they're a complete patsy, and they're taken for a ride by every traveling merchant that comes through town. Like, yeah, they, they could just be... Like, they fall for every scam sort mm -hmm. of thing. It could just be... Mm -hmm. Um, they're terrible at making business decisions, but some of the stuff just, you know, it makes you think that maybe, maybe yeah, it is and, and real. Same, same with the, the spear. People are saying the spear might be a, might be a vestige, which is insane. I'd, who the spear the, who the of judgment. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's oh actually God. crazy because, the stuff that's here. Yeah, because it was the spear of the law bearer. Like, that's... Yeah. Literally, literally the law bearer's spear. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my There's God, no way I, this clown has all of this stuff. <laughs> nope. This is going to be like, this is going to be like the, um, the, uh, Happy Fun Ball. They're going to come back to this in 50 episodes time and raid it and just like absolutely yeah. destroy it. I, I do like that. It, it does actually kind of make sense though. Cause I guess this guy was like, Hey, I've got this super sophisticated uh, security system like, mm. no one can break my museum. It does kind of make sense that they would protect it so ardently if it were real items. But I think a lot of the times, too, they did, like, to take magic and some of the stuff wasn't pinging. It was mainly the traps and things that were pinging. Yeah. So it makes you think, like, well, is it magical? Or maybe the, I mean, the Journal of Vespin might not be a magic item, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty, pretty important. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I, I I want to believe that all this stuff is real, uh, but I also kind of like the idea that this guy is just a, a schmuck. That, yeah, like, just a, yeah, yeah, fake. Uh, but the heist, I think, definitely delivered. It was a lot of fun. It was there was fun. a lot of different layers and like massive props to Matt as always for like <laughs> handling the different scenes that were happening all like together and tr making sure the timeline still matched up with the things that this group was doing the things that the verdict was mm. doing um all of these different layers to this heist mm. played it out very very well yeah and it wasn't necessarily easy because it yeah. initially started with chetney going off on their own like going through yep. different parts of the the party, yep. so that yeah as you say the timings then get even trickier because it could have been a thing of you know as the whole party moves together he gave slide updates on the other team, but mm -hmm. the fact that they were split and they were in sharing spaces with members of the other party, mm -hmm. like, yeah, it, it made it quite tricky. Um, it felt like a dungeon crawl, uh, but without, I say this, I say without uh, incessant death danger, but at the same time, some of those traps were like real fucked. Yeah, like, that was, was real rough. Definitely death to be had in this place. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The, I mean, Paul Orem getting absolutely flung at with kitchen utensils. Oh, that yeah. would, kill, that would yep. kill a regular person. Let's be real. That would kill a, a villager yeah. that walks oh, into the yeah. house. Um, and then the goddamn pit into a gelatinous cube. Oh my god, that almost <laughs> went terribly. That, that was so that bad. Awful. That would have been roll a new character, Travis. Like Yeah. That would have been real bad. But it did leave to some to some angst because we had then Chetney yeah. slashing at, at Orum. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool. But yeah, that, Chetney, we almost had to say goodbye to Chetney there. That um unintentional PvP is one of my favorite favorite things in DD, just because yeah. it it's it I mean PvP can be fun if you if you're all into it. Um but when it's, like, unintentional and kind of forced, and again, as long as everyone's into it, as long as no one's going to be too upset by it, but you know mm -hmm. you're partying, you know who you're playing with. But that that uh, idea of, yeah, not knowing if you're being betrayed, not knowing, like, if it's safe to be around these people, it, mm -hmm. it is that kind of real fun drama that yeah. I love. And the way they were kind of, like, then speaking to Chetney after, it's like, are you, are you okay? Like, are you... 
going to be good. And Ashton was even saying, like, oh, I'm ready to go if this yeah. kicks off. Like, this is, it's pretty, it's really a big deal. Like, they've been like, yeah, sure, you know, Chetney's a werewolf. It's fine. But this is them mm. now seeing for the first time how dangerous that is to actually yeah. be traveling with a werewolf. Um, and it makes me sad for Chetney. Um, but it makes me excited for, like, any potential kind of... <laughs> drama that comes yeah, from it exactly. that come from it and um, if chetney because then they have to worry about chetney biting someone and, yeah and giving them the you know lycanthropy so yeah that's because it was very about. much it was very much chetney was i've got it in control like don't worry about it i um i can control yeah. the bloodlust and everything and then for them to suddenly seemingly out of nowhere during a rescue mission turn and attack like someone trying to help them, it would raise questions of, well, how much under control do you have this? Yeah. And we also haven't seen Chetney under a full moon yet. Like it's, true. it's, it's, it's that drama I love. It's that, as you say, mm. that angst, that kind of um, conflict, I guess would be the better term. Yeah. Inner party conflict. <laughs> this one. Always. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was good. But a gelatinous cube in oh. your house. What the hell is this dude's problem? Where did you even get know. that from? Like, because now, now that now this does make me think that like, what if Yvonne actually is like a like a traveler esque person, the real like, like a fae yeah. person entity, um, just all for for the chaos of of what's going they on. They might, they might be the jinn that gave away their fortune and like oh, yeah. the his eggs. Yeah, I could definitely yeah. see that. That's actually a really good theory. Oh, um, God, but I loved I loved like the. Like playful competitiveness between the two groups as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's with fun. Ashton it's... and the and the goblin. Um, but then the the Qatar. I think the good. I want to see just a sitcom episode of the Qatari and the goblin, where they like pick the locks <laughs> and they fell into the trap and they're like accusing yeah. the other. Um, yeah. They tripped like the flower trap that Orm had set up and they're covered with flour. Yeah. I was getting um, Home Alone vibes, like the two criminals yeah. from from Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, that's the Qatari and the Goblin. Um, um, that was great. But then, did we learn? We haven't learned what happened to the other group that were just knocked out in that room. Oh yeah, I'm they kind of just in and just shut the door and yeah. I'm like, okay, nope. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm there's guessing probably some like knockout, ga like sleep gas, maybe. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they're not straight up dead. dead. That would be yeah. rough. That's bad. That'd be bad. Um, but speaking of gas, the uh, hallucinating. <laughs> chamber was oh, hilarious yeah that was, that was rough dude they took yeah. some time to like break out of that yeah that was, uh, and the the web trap that they had sprung yeah. yeah it was the web trap it was the fallen trap and then later it was the marionette um kind yeah. of laughing uh trap they they were rolling not great to get away from these things mm -hmm. um to the yeah, point where rough. i think even Imogen was still laughing as I'm like walking yeah. her out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> like mm -hmm. she hadn't fully been saved from it yet. Um, it was cool. It was like, yeah, you could see that Matt had a lot of fun designing this place. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And also setting up the expectations of the players because a lot of the times it was like, you know, he's done this before, but where it's like, you know, you open the door and nothing happens. Um, yeah. But also, you know, did a lot. allowing them to, fully explore places, find out what's going on. But then even even then when they have that chance, someone's just go, oh, I'll go and touch this thing. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, we just break the trap. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's 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 fun. It's just, it's fun. It's a good old dungeon crawl, but in true also critical role fashion, they have completely used up all their spells and are super damaged. And now mm -hmm. they're fighting, what is it? Clay golems, it looks like. Yeah, I'm Two guessing it's, clay it's golems. probably something like that. Yeah. Ooh. That's but they're, they're like... My worry is they're going to be pretty tapped. So, like, if the other group catches up, like, what's to stop them just from snatching the earring and just bolting? Yeah. Even even if they survive this fight, which yeah. is going to be tricky. But they do have quite a few marshals, so they're pretty okay. Yeah, but true. I think a lot of the spellcasters are close to tapped. I think mm -hmm. Fern, like, used two spells on mm -hmm. trying to unlock the box in, like, yeah. the span of 10 seconds. Um so they're pretty, they're pretty tapped. Uh, as you say, yeah, they could fight the clay golems, just make it through, and then the other team turns up and, mm -hmm. you know, snatches the earring, which I, I kind of hope it doesn't lead to party-party conflict. I think it will be yeah. cool because the other party seems really cool with great characters. Yeah. Um, 
but I kind of hope they don't end up fighting yet. Um, mm, I agree. I think it would be good for the Bell's Hells to get a win, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe this, this is a party that they cross paths with a couple of other times in the future. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it'll be... One. I think it'll be, it'll be good. But... I, it's like as we were saying before it seems like the other party like most of them are are knocked out and unconscious so mm. it would really just have the Katari and the the goblin to to mm. worry about and they are are was also the, probably pretty messed up at this point was the dragonborn was she passed out in the room i think there was right? three of them yeah there's three or four cause i think there's five or six of them in total right um I think most of them are, are passed out, but yeah. I guess we'll yeah we'll have to see in that regard. Um, Gosh. But after like, cause the broken beacon was there, there was the the journal, there was the potential vestige, the spear. I, w- I was starting to think like, what if like, what if the happy fun ball is here? Like, what if oh you know Yusa God. had lost the happy fun ball or something or something happened, <laughs> and like the happy fun ball is here. Ooh, or what if? <laughs> Now I'm starting to think, what if the way that they're getting these things, because there's, um, um, I don't know if it's homebrew or if it's in canon, but there's like a creature, like an, uh, an interdimensional creature that steals things from bags of holding. I think this might oh, be a homebrew that I saw. That sounds familiar. Um, but there's like a creature that just will randomly take things from... That like from like hidden dimensional spaces. What if this, what if Ivan Hytroga is this entity where he just yoinks stuff from bags of holding? That sounds familiar, but I can't find. I think it might be it. a homebrew. I think I saw like a TikTok or something on it. Um, but um, that would be interesting. I I saw a post, and I'm not sure if it was this one, Sinvia. It was a while ago, but it was essentially like campaign two ended and. Within the next five days, Yusa was trapped in the Happy Fun Ball again, yeah. or like it was something like, yeah, he was trapped on the moon. Like they they mm. instantly instantly fucked up again, and for the past twenty years, have just been yeah. locked away yeah. completely somewhere. Um, mm. So if the Happy Fun Ball is here, there's a good chance Yusa's inside. <laughs> like, let's be real. Oh my god, um, it's so funny. Yeah, but I, I would be I'd be down for Ivan Troga being something else. Because um, then we gotta wonder, like, what else? What else is here? Were there just was it just these like four floors of just a couple of items, or is there more that he has? I I don't know. It's um <laughs> excuse me um uh, yeah this guy has got so much crap, but they've obviously that, that's the thing they've traveled because we saw mm-hmm. that they've they've got the travel poses. The travel oh yeah, poses. I forgot about the paintings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was so um, funny. I, I think I'm just getting like real eccentric, rich, rich traveler from this dude. So if there is a good chance, I guess, that they have some legitimacy, some of these items. Maybe they're an ex old adventurer. Maybe it's like, yeah. Oh god, who knows? They just they just seem too likable <laughs> to like be evil. But then but, like, like what does he? do because he's like compatriots with um gianna hexam mm. who is uh, a member of the mahan houses so like what does hytroga do does he simply just collect stuff and like his museum he's, is like his only asset or like what the heck he's he do? rich his job is being rich he's rich yeah yeah i wish my job i guess was being so rich Mm, it sounds I mean, nice. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, sounds real nice. Uh, yeah, he, I guess yeah, he could just be a guy looking to looking to just have some fun, and he collects stuff. But yeah, I think there's wild. more to Ivan Hytroga. I want to think he's the bag man. That's gonna be my <laughs> tinfoil hat theory. Ivan Hytroga is the bag man, or just some bay entity looking to sow some cast. Maybe he's the Nightmare King's cousin. Know. Oh well. The the day I'm going, going for the gym. Eric needs the gym. Oh, I like that too. I do like that too. That is also really good. Yeah, he's an influencer. Yeah. Oh my god, Ivana Troga. <laughs> he definitely has a TikTok. One hundred percent. Yeah. That's looking fantastic. That's I love so it. good. That's, that's so canon. Good. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the top that's the top theory right now. I feel like it's an influence. <laughs> yeah. I love it's it. Hilarious. I love it. Um, but then like just in classic Dungeon Dragon shenanigans, there was so much going wrong during this heist. So many yeah, they tripped like every single trap that could have been tripped. Uh, mm -hmm. like not even not even close. And I just wrote down uh, as a note, they are professionals. Um, I think uh, sure. Gianna <laughs> definitely hired the right the right group to to break into this place. It's just it's so funny because wasn't wasn't like the the goal to like slip in making as little noise as possible. And you would think, right? Like, like but they're like, <laughs> FCG is yelling up to Chetney. They're tripping every trap. They're like battling things. You would think if this were a like, I, I, I guess maybe from their point of view, it was uh, very much like you know try to get in, be as sneaky as possible because we want this to be as if you know realistically the owner would not know that anything's happened. But for Hytrogate seemingly a madman was just like yeah. i want them to test all of my traps yeah um i want to see that they all work and that they are capable of stopping someone from stealing from me because if you think about it they got to stages where they could have taken the spear or taken the journal yeah. and like gotten out of it it's the fact that they're going for the thing in the very back room mm -hmm. that is now most protected because you've got to get to it um like, they could have stolen a bunch of stuff already. Yeah, like, I think Ashton's going to steal some of that armor. Um, mm, that was yeah. all the, the, like, the leather army, the Hishari or Hirashi armor. Hishari. Mm. Uh, that's what Matt called yeah. it. So, yeah, it seems like they're going to try to take at least a few things. I think they should definitely, mm. well, I think they should take everything. Um, <laughs> but for me, I think the journal, they should definitely yoink. Um, and the spear, I because, like gonna, I mean... It's gonna and very job. very badly if they if they take stuff from this place yeah. like it's gonna be so obvious <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. how do you hide that stuff um yeah. fern did steal the salt shakers that's pretty funny yeah, they, they've already begun why why stop it salt shakers you know steal um, a vestige but adam brings up a good point about how like if they don't succeed here they fail with their contract to gianna yes um, which is not good because that's, you know, that's Ashton's way out that seemingly would have to, you know, continue paying off his, uh, paying off their debt. Otherwise, mm -hmm. like they need this to work. They, they yep. need to get this done. Um, mm -hmm. no magic rugs yet. Yeah. I like, I like but they're super, out. they're super wary of yeah. the, uh, the magic rugs. Like every time they see mm -hmm. a rug, Imogen's like, mage hand, I'm just going to ruffle yeah. it a bit to see what happens. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, who knows maybe maybe one of the other rooms had something like that um but i i, I just want to know like i wish or i hope that maybe once this is all said and done maybe they just take a tour of the place just to see what other stuff is here because yeah. i'm interested to see what else is here yeah. it was also cool like cause the, the plaques were funny because of the whole dot 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 stuff but i i like museums me as a person i like museums. Yeah, i like learning about like cool historical stuff so I want to know what other cool stuff this guy, this guy might have. Um, because this is also the the magic, the, no, the magic, the mirror museum, right? Like this is yeah connected to the maze of mirrors or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, the, who is this person? <laughs> it's oh my god! It just makes yeah. me like this guy so much more. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. What, what, what killed me, though, going back to it, was just the paintings. The, the tourist oh, paintings. So uh, that was so good. That was so funny. So I And that's seemingly in, like, the public zone or, like, in the yeah. area where maybe yeah. go to visit. Mm -hmm. um, oh, it's it's, so it's amazing. This guy is so great. Um, was there anything else from... I'm looking through my notes because there was a lot that, that happened in this one. Oh, the... Uh, <laughs> this is also where I died from laughing. Sam always makes me die from laughing. Um, but with uh, with Lana's messages, you know how, like, the cast mm. does, like, the, the creepy yeah. voices and stuff. But Sam will always, yeah. like, say something just totally creepy, but it's so hilarious mm -hmm. whenever Lana does this messages. Because the rest of the cast will just say what she said, but, like, not okay. creepy. Yeah. Sam will just say something completely different. Like, this time, 
when people were saying creepy stuff, <laughs> Sam said in a creepy voice, I'm gonna cut your eyelids off. Oh my During Lana's message. And I don't know why, but I just think that's the funniest thing. Because it's just so random. It's so random. <laughs> that's horrifying. <laughs> it's just Sam being just such a troll. Yeah. And I don't know yeah, why. It was, it was so funny. Um, that's always fantastic. That. Um... What else was there? There was there were so many traps. Uh, the marionette battle again was yeah. was terrifying because marionettes, freaking yeah, creepy, terrible. Um, they were overall they were rolling so poorly. Like I feel like this entire time, more or less. Um, I liked Chetney running into a bunch of the traps, like the electrical ones, and then tripping yeah. on Imogen's ball bearings that she had placed down. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Oh, then just hearing that from the other room, like hearing, like yeah. old, just hearing all the mm. kerfuffle, and then just Chetney's groan, like, "Oh, that's yep, Chetney. Yep. We should probably get." <laughs> mm. um, oh, when they were in the, the 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 Jade Lion hallway, yeah, and how they were like single file walking through that hallway, and if like one of them messed up and triggered the trap, how poorly yeah. that could have gone, since they were Oof. all there. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, they were no, it was nice. it was it was it was fun. And rolls aside, it was like they they did pretty okay. They made it there. Um, they're pretty injured. It's it's going to be interesting to see how well they can survive this upcoming fight. Uh, mm. But even if it's just a smash and smash and grab sort of situation where they yep. grab the grab the earring and get out of there, um, I think it's probably the best course of action or try to get like the golems to break the glass maybe or Ooh, something yeah. like that mm -hmm. um yeah because i i think a full-on fight might really gas them yeah um, it would not it would not look good <laughs> um but then yeah also the uh the mirror above <laughs> ivana trova's bed when they're <laughs> It just adds to the mystery and like the wonder oh, of this character. Yeah. Like, like, I want to see more of them. I want oh to know God. more of this character. They're amazing. I could have like a whole, like one shot, on like Ivan Hytroga and stuff. Because like what I was saying uh, yesterday uh, during my stream was that an episode like this is kind of feels like a one shot episode. Like this is an episode yeah. that you can show like your friends to like get into yeah. critical role. Because it's just it's an easy, it's easy to understand. It's a heist. Um, there's gonna be a lot yeah. of chaos. There's gonna be a lot of fun classic D and D stuff. Um, mm. So like Ivan Hytroga, and I, I think I even wrote down because of like how Hytroga's personality and like the stuff that they had in their house. Mm. I was like, I want Ivan Hytroga and Terry and Darrington to have a sit down, yes. to have a sit down conversation. Yeah. Um, I need to see that. I'd love for um, I'd love for Hytroga to have like some Darrington Brigade memorabilia yeah. or something. Oh my gosh, It'd be amazing! I can see it. Has like just like a rubber duck <laughs> somewhere. Ah, oh, that'd, that'd be, be cool. That'd be good. Um, good stuff. But is there anything else from uh, from the heist? And I guess also previous episode as well. Um, I think we more or less touched up, touched on everything that I wanted to bring up as far as the heist goes. And I was just having so much fun with the heist. It was just casual yeah. fun, classic D and D stuff going down. Traps, competition with the other group, some danger, yeah. um, cool lore stuff from items. Just all around, all around, a great time. Yeah, really good. no, they were, they were fun episodes. They mm -hmm. were like uh, just one, one for the for getting into the lore, and two for just getting into, as you say, classic D and D. Mm -hmm kind of gameplay um yeah good fun i'm looking forward to the next one like i said i hope it, i hope mm -hmm. it goes well <laughs> like yeah. obviously yeah um yeah but yeah that no, should be good uh but yes Ch chetney's rage was brought up the the whole chetney the chetney slashing out of people thing yeah that was mm. that's gonna be rough and uh as i said before potential for more angst and inner party conflict so mm -hmm. yeah, for looking it. forward to all that <laughs> Hopefully, Bell's Hells can come on top and beat the verdict in this competitive heist situation. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. I gotta go through a couple of clay golems in order to retrieve their quarry. We'll find out next week if that'll happen. But 
with all of that said and done, I think we can go ahead and call this one a wrap. So, folks, as always, thank you all so much for joining us uh, for this discussion. For those of you who are hanging out in chat, thank you so much for participating. Thank you to everyone who's going to be watching this on a YouTube upload or on Spotify or Anchor or wherever else this podcast may find itself. We really appreciate everyone's support. If you're looking to support us further, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter. A link to that will be in the description down below. It is at WhatTheSheetPod on Twitter. You can go ahead and give us a follow. There's also a link to the Spotify uh, playlist in the description down below, so you can go and check it out there if you want to listen to the audio version of this. Um, but yeah, check it out. You know, we post you when we're miss going out. and all that stuff. So. You miss out on all the hand gestures. Oh yeah, you miss out on the hand gestures and yeah, it's uh, constant. It's just yeah. constant, mm -hmm. nonstop. Uh, so yeah, we appreciate your support. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, as always, don't forget to love each other. Spread the love. Spread the love to everyone you meet, everyone you see. The world needs more love in it, so make sure you're spreading it around. But most importantly, do not forget to love yourself. That is the most important thing you can do. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Drink some water. Eat some food. Get plenty of rest. I'm proud of you. Thank you for being here. So, I hope everyone has an absolutely wonderful rest of your morning, day, evening, wherever you may be on this glorious earth, and we will see you all very soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. I would just like to take a second to give a huge shout out to all of my wonderful Patreon supporters. Thank you to my expositors, Leah, Olivia, Sean, Pseudonym, The DM's Den, and Hannah. Thank you to my archivists, Annika, Daniel, Elliot, Emerson, Melissa, Noel, and John. And thank you to all of my high curators, Adam, Caleb, IMI, Andrea, Dustin, Rin, and Sylvia. Thank you all so very much for showing your support. It truly does mean a lot to me. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Stay awesome, and I'll see you in the next one.